Hi, in this week's episode, we're talking to Shelley Fischel, based in London in the UK, from where she runs the IT training surgery, a niche training business focused solely on delivering training on Microsoft Office products to her clients across Europe. This is episode 11 of the Training Business Podcast. It's lovely to know you're listening. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, and welcome to the show again. This is episode 11, as I said before the music. My name is Mark Garrett Hayes, and I'm the host of this podcast, which is for you, for training business owners all around the world. And the goal of the podcast every single week, every Thursday, is to help you to start to grow and to scale your training business. Today's guest is Shelley Fischel, and she is a Microsoft Office expert and author. And I used to be a, a Microsoft certified trainer uh, back in the day, a number of years ago. But I've worked with Shelley recently, uh, delivering, well, recently, give or take a few years, uh, delivering Microsoft training in Switzerland, in Belgium, and the Netherlands. And I can say it's a real pleasure to have Shelley on the show today. She's a real professional and a delight to listen to. So I hope you enjoy this one. Hi, Shelley. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Mark. Lovely to be here. So you're based in London uh, in the UK. I believe it's been exceptionally hot this week in London. It has. It's been almost unbearable. I love the heat, but um, we're not geared up for it here in the UK. So it's quite difficult when it gets hot, but it's fabulous as well. Yeah, I think I saw temperatures of um, 30, 35 degrees on television. I think it was about 33 yesterday. Um, last night was the worst night. Last night. And so that's really unusual, isn't it? Yeah, totally unheard of. <laughs> so let's talk business then. Um, you run two businesses um, from London. Uh, the first is IT Training Surgery, and the second is Tomorrow's VA. Let's talk about those in just a moment, but first... Let's talk for a moment about you. How do you how did you personally become involved in the training business, Shelley? Well, when I had finished being a stay-at-home mom, I, I stopped working to have my kids. I was at home for about 11 years uh, out of the workplace, around about the time that computers were starting to become mainstream. And um, I got a job working for a charity in school hours, which was great. And while I was there, I my job was to organize a sponsored walk to take a group of people abroad to do a walk to raise money for the charity. And it was all done on pieces of paper and post it notes and you know it was just impossible and I'm not very good at adding up using an adding machine or a calculator so we started to use a spreadsheet we had one computer in the office uh, and then I taught myself how to use access because I realized that that would be much easier to be able to pull off uh, a list of who'd given what and where they were going and and connect everything together and a couple of years when I'd been working there i went on um, a Microsoft Word training course in my husband's office. He's, he's, a, he's an accountant. Uh, and it was Word 6, I believe, or something like that. And the lady who was the trainer said to me at the lunch break, hmm, she said, Shelley, you could do my job. I said, what? Don't be ridiculous. I'm just a clerk in a charity. She said, no, no, I bet you could do this job. 
which set off the train of thought. Um, and then a little while later, I decided I needed a change. And um, I got hired by a brilliant training company called Happy Computers, uh, which is where I learned to be a trainer. And I just love working with Microsoft Office. And did you do any um, train the trainer uh, program when you were there? Yes. Um, Happy Computers was at the forefront of what's known as, um, they called it learner-focused training. Um, it started off as TAP, so we were all TAP accredited. Um, there was their own in-house train-the-trainer company. And the in the interview process was very interesting too. It was a group interview of a whole load of people who were applying. And um, you had to present a 10-minute a training session to the group. Um, so I remember learning how to do cut, copy, and paste, and everybody in my road knew how to do cut, copy, and paste by the time I went for this interview. <laughs> and we had to produce notes for it as well. Um, and I did all of that anyway. I, I got to the second interview, and I still remember jumping up and down in my kitchen when I got that letter saying, come back for a second interview. <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> so what do you like so much about training? Um, I love helping people. I think that's kind of what it all boils down to. And also, you know, when you're children and you play in the garden or the garage or what have you, I, I was born in Leeds and we used to play out in the garage. That was kind of where we could play. And I just remember always wanting to be the teacher playing schools. Um, but I never wanted to be a, a classroom teacher uh, and teach kids. And I love teaching adults because usually unless they've been sent by the organization on pain of death, um, they really want to be there uh, and they really want to improve the way that they work and they want to be able to get more done um, in less time, which is one of the great things about IT training. And certainly when I started out, which was 1998, so it's 20 years this year, which is a number that... It's scary, isn't it? <laughs> it's very scary. Um, certainly at that time, 1998, computers were just becoming mainstream in, in the workplace. Uh, and so if you wanted to use one, you had to go on a course. So we really were helping people get their work done. And you mentioned um, something there, which I think we should explain, uh, TAP, which is... Um, I, I've, I've done that as well, which is really the UK gold standard in training delivery. Uh, from the Training Foundation? Well, that was the first one, a trainer activity profile. Um, Happy then went on to partner with the Learning and Performance Institute, which used to be called the Institute of IT Training, and uh, when I first joined it anyway. And, uh, and they developed their own um, training tool, train the trainer tool, which was called TPMA, which we all went through as well. Um, and since then, I've also um, done my own personal development in the training side of things. So I've been on lots of things. I've done introduction to NLP to understand the way language works in training. And I've done um, Stella Collins' brilliant brain-friendly learning course, which is phenomenal. It's a three-day event where you learn to make your courses immersive so that people remember them. Um, it, it's it, so I've I've invested a lot, and that's something I look for in the people that I work with as well. That they're prepared to invest in themselves. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a two-way street. You really need people who want to be there. I mean, we've all run courses where people have to be there because they've been, you know, told by their boss or by someone in the company. It's compliance training or it's some kind of mandatory training. But you really want people who want to be there because they're the most fun to work with and they're, they're the easiest really to, to train, aren't they? Absolutely. Totally, totally. Um, and then when you see the light bulbs going off, um, and the, wow, this is, um, I, I still remember one day I ran um, a one-to-one session um, and this lady came in and she said, um, I collect all these reports from external people about whatever it was. It doesn't matter what it was. And um, they all come in different formats. They, they, they don't work for the organization. They just write papers for us. And then I have to collate it all and put it all into the organization's style. So I remember teaching her about styles in Microsoft Word and then how to create and apply those styles to any document. And she sat there. We, we only had an hour. And at the end of the hour, she was almost in tears. She said, this is going to make a job that takes me three hours take about 20 minutes. And she said, I can't thank you enough. And, and I still get goosebumps when I, when I remember that. It was a seminal moment for me. Uh, and that's what made me decide to call the company the IT training surgery because it was a surgery style of training where it was a series of one-to-ones throughout the day rather than a full-on standard one-day course. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of what I love about it. Yeah, that, that really is the same thing for me when I when I feel that someone has left the room, uh, it could be a coaching session, it could be uh, a one day training session or a several day training session. When you see that light bulb, um, you feel ten feet taller as as a trainer. You feel like you've not just helped someone to learn something, but you've actually made a difference to their life, and that that is just that's a privilege actually. Yeah, absolutely. You've, you've transformed what they're doing and the way that they do it, and they'll never do it the same way again. Um, and probably after a week, she'll have forgotten that I taught her how to do that. Um, and she'll she'll never go back to doing it the way she did before. Um, and, and that's brilliant. And that's that's all you can ask for, really. So you focus on IT training. Why Microsoft training in particular? You, you've obviously, um, as we'll come to in a moment, um, some books you've written on Microsoft Office. But what drew you to Microsoft products specifically? Um, Well, really the luck of the draw, to be quite honest. That's what we taught when I first started working at a training company. It was the majority was Microsoft Office. It always was and still is the industry leader in productivity software that that is used in business. Um, Although there are businesses that use G Suite, but not, not not nowhere near the number that used Microsoft Office. Um, and that's what I learned when I worked for a training company. So it made sense for me to continue with that. I, I love the product. I like the innovation that Microsoft is doing. Um, I like keeping up to date and tinkering around the edges. You'll always find me. I'm, a, I'm, I'm also a gadget person. You know, I've got one of everything. So um, I, I, it was just natural for me. There was a time when I did think maybe I'd seek off and go into the personal skill, you know, the personal skills, the soft skills and that side of things. But it never quite happened for me. I was never in the right place at the right time um, to go. to, And I'd already invested so much in myself in going down this route. 
um, that I just decided to stick with it. And I think also people get that you know what you're talking about when you know what you're talking about. So to go and do something that I didn't know what I was talking about necessarily as well may not have been the right thing for me. So I, I decided to stick with office. And maybe also your enthusiasm uh, comes across, whereas if it was something other than Microsoft Office, not that there are many things out there which stand up to it, really. Um, uh, hopefully I won't get into trouble for saying that. But uh, <laughs> you know, if, if, if you're enthusiastic about Microsoft Office, I think you have to be enthusiastic about what you're training because it, it comes across, doesn't it? It does. Absolutely. I mean, I did um, go down the G Suite route. There was one year where I decided I was going to invest in getting G Suite, the Google apps for business. Um, I got got it all set up, got it set up for all my team as well. And um, we tinkered around with it for a little while. And I just really didn't like it pers- on a personal level. I could not get to grips with it at all. And I couldn't see the value in it it didn't do for me what Microsoft Office did. Um, and I, um, at the end of that year of subscription, I ditched it. Um, and I went back to, well, I'd never left Microsoft Office. I was looking at G Suite on the side because people are beginning to ask for training in other things. Um, so I, I looked at some of the other things. Um, I teach Office on Mac as well as on PC on Windows. And um, I did learn Keynote, for example, which is the Mac equivalent of PowerPoint. And I have taught that and I've taught, but mainly I teach Microsoft Office on the Mac, as opposed to the native Mac programs. It's just where I'm comfortable. Yeah, and there are other programs out there, um, such as Open Office, which is another suite of uh, programs. I haven't used that in a while. I used to be a Microsoft certified trainer, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, years ago. Um, but I gave up the certification. Um, it was a lot of work to get it, but I, I can see why uh, many organizations would find value in that. I'm just curious, what kind of organizations do you like to work with and what do they typically need from your business in terms of Microsoft Office training? Um, well, it's very broad to say I like to work with anybody, isn't it? But that is kind of true. Um, I like to work with reasonable size organizations, so 50 plus at least. And though my last big client, the one we worked on together, um, they had 5,000 staff, although we didn't train all 5,000 of them. Um, but we trained quite a chunk of them. And in fact, I'm still working with them remotely. Uh, delivering training remotely and sometimes in-house. And um, so I I like all sorts. I have, um, I seem to have got into accountancy firms, property firms and um, public sector. Those seem to be where I, my clients are. It's, you know, you know, you know how you track back and you try and work out where a client came from. Um, And I do seem to end up with clients in those particular sectors. I, I just picked up a, a new client the other day who's an accountant, uh, a very small accountancy firm, but I'm sure that what I do with them is going to transform the way that they work using Office. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, and what do they want from me? They want me to be a partner with them. So, they want me to spot things that can be done better um, to to talk through, if, if it's a rollout, for example, as in the one that we worked on together, then they they need me to 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 listen really well uh, and work out 
what they need because it's not always what they think they need. Um, I don't know if you've come across that in training. A client will say, we need X, Y, Z, when really they, they really need A, B, C. And it's a way of listening to what they're saying and seeing what the business is doing and working out what they really need, what they're really saying, uh, and then finding a nice way of telling them that that's not what they need, that they really need this. Um, so really, they're looking for somebody to work work with them and listen to them, I think. So you almost have to be, um, uh, as, as the book title goes, uh, a challenger when it comes to selling your business. You need to be able to, you know, say to people, look, here's what I'm hearing, here's what I've observed. And I think that this is where we should be focusing attention and energy. Yeah, I, I think that's, um, that's a, good, a, a good description. You mentioned that we've worked together. I think for reasons of disclosure, I should explain that. Um, we worked together previously where you hired me to deliver Microsoft training on behalf of one of your international clients in uh, Belgium, Switzerland, and the Netherlands, if I recall. Um, what, in terms of looking for people like me, in other words, the kinds of people who listen to this program are invariably uh, independent or freelance trainers, uh, among other people. Um, what do you typically look for when it comes to hiring a, an associate, uh, a freelance, an independent trainer, call them what you will? What kinds of experience, skills, and qualities do you look for in such a person? I'm looking for somebody who is confident, um, that knows what they're being asked to deliver, or if they don't know it, has the ability and willingness to learn it. Um, certainly for the project that we worked on, I had a couple of people on that project as associates, um, mainly because it was foreign language. I needed somebody who could deliver training in, in, uh, in Czech and somebody who could deliver training in Polish. And there aren't many IT trainers <laughs> around with those language sets. Uh, but both of these ladies were other types of trainers, so they knew how to train. Uh, and they were both very committed to learning what the course content was and they delivered it back to me first before we went and delivered to the organization before I let them loose I knew that they could do what they said they could do um, so I'm looking for somebody who's confident that knows what they're doing or can learn it properly and also has shown that they've invested in themselves so for example you you had MCT qualifications even if they've lapsed and that shows a, uh, and also TAP or TPMA or CIPD or something it shows that you're taking yourself seriously. Um, I, for several years, I had the IT training surgery accredited by the Learning and Performance Institute. I've let that lapse now. Um, it's just a financial consideration. It costs, costs a lot of money to be accredited by any organization. And, um, and one of the things was to make sure that the trainers you work with are the right caliber of people um, and have the same outlook as you and the same service ethic as well. They, they want to do the best for the client. So on the one hand, you're looking for, you could say, um, I won't say tangible, they are intangible things, but you're looking for details such as credit accreditation. Uh, you're looking for experience. But then you're also relying to some extent on some kind of gut feeling. Do you like the person? Do they sound like they, you know, take on board the seriousness of being entrusted with part of your business, for example? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's really important. And the truth is that um, the majority of associates that I work with, I've known for most of the 20 years that I've been training. Um, we've all worked at different organizations as associates together. 
Um, and in fact, that's how the business came about. I went freelance in 2002 and just worked by myself. Uh, and one day, a couple of the guys um, who I have as associates independently came to me uh, when we were in conversation and said, you know, we I was in the pub with so-and-so last Friday night or whenever, uh, and we were talking and you're always busy. So we thought it'd be a good idea if you get some work and we do the work. So I thought, <laughs> right. oh, just like that. <laughs> just like that. I thought, oh, okay. They want me to become a training company then. Oh, all right, then why not? So that's kind of how it came about. That was where the seed of the idea came. Uh, and also I realized that I couldn't train everything all by myself all the time. So, you know, you get a big client in, you need a team, even if they're not employed by you, you need to be able to service um, the needs of that client. So, so that's it. So, yeah, and, and I was very clear right from the outset that everything I do is very um, structured. So we have contracts and I have contracts with associates, I have contracts with clients. Um, so it's all kind of everybody knows what to expect let's say someone is is uh going to approach uh, a training company such as yours or any other one um what would the best advice be for them to make a good job of this so they don't just you know um send in a, an email uh, hoping for some kind of immediate response is there a kind of a, a secret source where someone could make a really good impression and convince you that they're at least worth some kind of interview or phone call that's a really good question because I haven't actually had that happen where somebody who's contacted me, I've gone on to work with them. Anybody who's ever contacted me by email first and then I've, I always meet them. When I've met them, um, it hasn't worked out for whatever reason. The truth is nobody that's – I've had two or three people in the early days that sent me a, an email, an attachment, and I didn't know what I was doing at the beginning because when you start out, you know, you're learning as you go along. Uh, and I always met them and got them to deliver a, a mini training to me uh, of something that they like doing. And in for whatever reason, those ones didn't work out. So, um, and, and certainly where my business is, I, I, I don't have a permanent need. Um, so, I, I recruit when I need rather than just have people on tap. Right. So someone could approach you anyway. Uh, there may not be an immediate need, but it's good f to have their details in your system should the need arise. Absolutely. 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 But I would always want to at least speak to them on the phone. I'd want to know what qualifications they had. Um, but speaking to them and meeting them is far more important than whatever piece of paper they send. And how about some kind of um, audition via Skype? Have you seen people do that? Um, we haven't done that as yet. That's not quite happened. But in this day and age, it wouldn't surprise me and it would be quite quite okay. Um, I'm actually qualified as um, as a both a designer and facilitator of live online learning. So if somebody wanted to present a training session to me, like a 10-minute training over over. Skype or Zoom or whatever, um, that would be fine. In fact, thinking about that, I actually did that myself for a project I was involved in in 2011 when I was doing some work for an American training company and I had to deliver a remote session um, to the project manager 
Uh, and that was based based on that they picked who would be part of the project. Um, so it's definitely, you know, if uh, if you're in another country, it's going to be really difficult for us to meet. So it's definitely virtual ways of doing it. And it, it really is the future. I mean, now that Skype's a Microsoft product, I think it's becoming uh, far more mainstream than it was initially. Um, and I, I've been asked uh, several occasions to present remotely. Um, it's not something I would say I'm expert in, uh, but I'm getting better at. Um, there are other products out there. I think Adobe Connect is something I've used as well, um, and Zoom. Um, you mentioned the qualification in that. Just just tell the listeners for a moment about that, because that, that's news to me as well. What is the qualification you have, and how does that work? Okay, so the Learning and Performance Institute has a qualification called the, uh, COLF, the Certificate Certificate, certi- I'm a certified, I have to get this right. I'm a certified, <laughs> okay, time. Yeah, a certified <laughs> online learning facilitator, um, which means I did an eight-week course. It's eight sessions, session a week over eight weeks, a remote session, um, where the first part of it is um, it's two hours, and then there's loads and loads and loads of homework. And by the end of it, you have to present um to the rest of the group, everybody does a presentation of the way they would deliver a, like a 10-minute session or whatever whatever it is. Um, so I did that three or four years ago now. Um, and then I followed that up by taking the other side of it, which is the certificate in design of live online learning. So learning how to design the content and the experience because live online I'm not talking about webinars or presentations because they're, st- they're, they're passive for the person who's attending. So if I'm delivering how to, I don't know, how to manage your inbox um, remotely, that might be a presentation. But a live online session would have lots of interaction and um, you need to build interaction into a live session every three to five minutes or your learners will disappear off and check their email or fall asleep or go make coffee. Um, so it's about making online learning engaging and keeping people's attention. Um, the courses are fantastic, not cheap, but very good value. And that's based in the UK. Um, it's all done remotely. So you can be anywhere. I would expect, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they, they run it over two platforms. So they, they, they run, you can choose to do it over WebEx or over Adobe Connect. And I, I, did, I went down the WebEx route. Um, but I deliver, I deliver using Skype for Business, uh, Zoom, Go to meeting, go to webinar, go to training, any WebEx, any of those. They all have pluses and minuses. They all have different idiosyncrasies, different bits. Some have the ability to raise your hand. So, for example, you'd, you'd want to make sure that you've got interaction in the chat. It's exhausting running a live session because you, you're focused on your delivery. You're also focused on the people in the room because you're monitoring the chat and you're giving them things to do all the time. So you need to be focused on what they're responding to. Um, and it's, it's good fun though. Yeah. I'm running a webinar, of course, is a different beast, uh, similar in, in, in um, structure, but uh, I, I find that with webinars, you almost need two people, someone uh, on the chat uh, and then someone maybe doing the admin uh, or rather face to face, I should say on the camera. So, you mentioned the word remote, which 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 cues up nicely my next question, which is um, something you started there recently uh, called uh, Tomorrow's VA. That's that's your new business venture. 
what does tomorrow, tomorrow's VA do and, and whom does it serve? So tomorrow's VA is at the moment a website and it has a link to some tr- online training. And it occurred to me just over a year ago that I, over the last um, five or six years, I've been thinking about where is my niche? Who do I work with? Who am I talking to? Um, And certainly as a trainer and anybody marketing their services knows that when you know who you're talking to, it's much easier to talk to them because you're speaking their language. And it suddenly occurred to me that in the last five years, I've spoken at the office show a few times. I've delivered training for various organizations. And my audience appears to have been personal assistants, executive assistants, and virtual assistants. A VA is a virtual assistant. So I suddenly thought, hang on a minute, for the last five years, they've been my main audience. Why don't I create something just for them? Um, And that's how Tomorrow's VA came about. Um, Tomorrow's VA, the name, came from something somebody told me um, who runs a, a, a training company on how to become a VA, Um, And she said the people that sign up for her list are PAs and they look for about two years before they become a VA. So um, today's PA is tomorrow's VA. Um, The difference between a PA or a personal assistant or a virtual assistant is a personal assistant will work in your office with you. Um, You'll have premises, you'll have staff, and you'll have somebody there managing your diary, fielding your email, arranging your meetings, and just taking um, all the day-to-day stuff so that you as the boss can focus on what you need to focus on as the boss. And a virtual assistant does that, but isn't necessarily in your office. They, They might be Miles away, remote. <laughs> so that, very remote, in fact. Very remote. So, so that's how that's where the idea came from, and we did some market research uh, and found that there was a need. Um, and it's taken me a year. In fact, this week I just released two um, very basic Excel courses onto the site. Um, you know, real essential Excel skills that if you don't know that, you can't really work in Excel. Um, and the, the courses are short, so, you know, and not very expensive. So people can dip in and they get access to the course for as long as they like. And there's a, an, a very active blog that goes alongside that too, which has got quite a lot of information. Um, but but the, the that was one thing is that I decided to, to niche down into that area. And the other is that I've been in this job for 20 years And as you can imagine, I'm coming to the end of my face-to-face training career, going into classrooms and things. And we're looking to relocate abroad. Uh, And this business model will allow me to continue training people and helping people, um, but I can do it from anywhere in the world. Yeah, that that, um, brings to mind a a book I read a number of years ago, which is still quite topical, actually. It's called uh, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And for many people, it kind of revolutionized their thinking. It suddenly made people aware that there are possibilities that the internet uh, brings you um, such that you can work almost from anywhere if you have some kind of business online. Um, so yeah, I can understand exactly why you'd like to do that. If, if you had a vision for where tomorrow's VA will be in a few years time, what would that look like to you? Um, we'd be, um, I mean, I say in my blurb, I think that I want to help 10,000 VAs become better at what they do. And, and, and my tagline is get more done in less time. 
Um, and I just want um, a VA when they certainly, the, the, they are predominantly ladies. There are some gentlemen amongst them, but they are mainly ladies. So I'm going to refer to VAs in the, in the female. It's just easier. Um, so usually she's worked as a PA or she might be going back to work after having some time out after children or just changing direction. And she's got a computer or a, she's got a Mac or a, a Windows computer. And she's thinking, how can I earn some money to supplement our income? And we need whatever. Um, and all of a sudden she thinks, well, I, I can, I've got a computer and I can type a letter and I can use my email. So why don't I become a VA? And then it, then they have to learn all the ins and outs. They have to run a business, um, which is not what I teach. Um, but there are lots of, there are other people who do that. Um, and then all of a sudden a client will say, well, um, Jill, can you, um, can you turn this talk into a PowerPoint presentation for me? And Jill says, um, yeah, of course I can. <laughs> Not knowing the first thing how to do it because she <laughs> needs the client. And that's where I come in. Um, she can go on to tomorrow's VA and find a course um, about whatever, um, PowerPoint or Word or Excel. Um, so I'm building the courses up. There, there are um, four or five courses up there at the moment, but by the end of the year, there'll be many more. They're quite time consuming to create because they have to be good. So in effect, you're, you're creating an online learning platform to teach uh, VAs, either present PAs and likely VAs or current VAs, virtual assistants, how to use Microsoft Office more efficiently. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. How to use it in their job. So, uh, for example, the current course that I'm starting to develop next week um, is going to be how to create infographics in PowerPoint. Um, because a lot of VAs get asked to create their social media um, imagery for their clients, whether that's Instagram posts or Pinterest posts or infographics. And um, many don't know that it's actually quite straightforward after a little bit of tinkering to create a template and do that in PowerPoint effectively. Um, so that's that's the next thing on the agenda. It's something I know they want because the communities I'm in are asking me, can you show us how to do that, please? Because then they don't have to pay for another piece of software or, or go online to find an online tool to do it. Um, so it's about the things VAs need to be able to do and presenting that to them as a solution. You've written a number of books. Uh, you mentioned those briefly. Just give me a couple of titles. Um, which, you know, people could find useful? Well, I have um, 10, about to be 11 books around Microsoft Office on a slide. 11? 11, because I've just written wow. the, the, uh, the, the last one I submitted just last week. Um, so I have... Um, on a site called Bookboon, www.bookboon.com. And there I have for Office 2013, I have two books on Excel, two, uh, one on Outlook and one on PowerPoint. And for Office 2016, I have two books on Excel, one on Outlook, one on PowerPoint and one on Word. And then for Microsoft Project, I have a book. I, I no longer teach that, but I wrote a user manual for it. So that's there too. And um, I've just submitted a book about OneNote 2016, which will be available probably in the next couple of weeks once they've corrected the typos that 
either I or they made. Um, and, and then I have a book in print. Um, I self-published a book um, called Business Barista, Essential Excel Skills to Streamline Your Business. Bit of a mouthful, really. Um, but that's available on Amazon. Um, and that follows the journey of a coffee shop owner called Matt, who wants to set up his brilliant coffee shop called Coffee Island. And basically, um, it doesn't follow a traditional user guide format. Um, it's not linear. Uh, it goes through the problems he encounters and how he solves them. So Just like life, yeah. Yeah. So he starts off having to write and work out how much he needs and, and to set up his business. And uh, and he, he has to create the menu. So that's how I got formatting in. So he writes his menu and he formats it nicely. And then he has to work out how much a cup of coffee costs and then how much can he sell it for. And then which of his coffee sells the best, all of those kind of things. Um, so that's that's available in Amazon. Wow. And how long did that take you to to put together the coffee island book took longer than the one notebooks because i wanted to write it with a story um and unfortunately most of the story got lost because when it came to it the publisher said people just want the how to do what you want to do so we chopped a lot of the there was a romance in it uh, <laughs> that, that got chopped <laughs> that got chopped oh i uh, got chopped <laughs> No steamy coffee cups, but um, no, it was, um, that one took, um, it probably took a, a couple of months, but, you know, backwards and forwards with, um, once I sit down to write something like they don't actually, they can take, because um, these are really user guides, they're really training user guides. Uh, so there's lots of screenshots and, and, and explaining why they need it and, and how to do it. So um, it probably takes about seven days or so if I was to do absolutely nothing else to to write that and then then there's the editing process the book boon books probably take three to four days each um to write solidly you must be really really good at microsoft office if you can produce a, a user guide that quickly well they, they 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 don't i don't include anything that i don't think is necessary so a lot of these books that you buy you know the bible books and the how to do everything with everything type books there's so much in them they're like doorstops and you can't find what you want because they're so big and unwieldy to read so my user guides are based on the training that we deliver and it's the tried and tested things that that we teach day in day out um and nothing extra the the book boon books um, are written to the curriculum of the Microsoft Office specialist. That was what I wanted it to address. So that's that's what they address. So the, the Excel being that there's two books, one is for the core and one is the slightly more advanced. Um, so that's kind of my starting point. And um, what's great about the, the book boom books is I have a clause in my publishing contract that I can use them with my clients. So if you do one of my courses or one of my associates delivering for the IT training surgery, that's the user guide you get. Nice. Good idea. Since uh, repetition is the mother of retention, let's, let's repeat those URLs or websites where people can find out more about you and contact you. Okay, so um, they can find me at www.theittrainingsurgery.com. That's the corporate client-facing website. They can find me at www.tomorrowsva.com. 
that's the online training portal. And they can find Business Barista on Amazon. If you just search Shelley Fischel on Amazon, it's the only book I've got there. So you're bound to find it. And um, they can find, uh, if you search Shelley Fischel on Bookboon, that's W www.bookboon.com you'll find all my books listed under my name there okay well i'm going to include all of those links needless to say in the show notes to this episode shelly thank you so much for your time in coming on the program this morning oh it's been an absolute pleasure it's not often you get to talk about yourself is it in such detail it's rather nice (laughs) hey shelly thanks again for coming on the show It was wonderful to have a chance to cover some topics that are both close to my and to your heart. And of course, it's great to hear about the the plans that you have for your training business. And hopefully we'll get to talk about those on a future episode of the show. As for you, it was great having you again as listeners with us this week. Thank you so much for myself and the team behind the scenes. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the show for training business talk like this every Thursday and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts because this helps us to promote the show, makes sense, and to attract the kinds of guests like Shelley and others, people we've lined up for future episodes, because they're the kinds of people whose expertise and entrepreneurial journey in the training business that we want to share with you because that will help you with yours. That makes sense. You can check out the podcast, of course, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and of course, on our website, www.trainingbusiness.com. I look forward to your company again next Thursday for episode 12. So until then, have a wonderful training week. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.